everybody, and welcome again to another edition of HNK Video Game Experience. Here with you, as always, is Clearfire, and today we have a wonderful guest with us. Hollywood Cole has come back from his hiding spot, from where he was been bunkered away because of whatever reasons. We still do not know that, but he is back with us again. We are so happy to have our H to our H&K. Hollywood, welcome back, man. Glad to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. It's been a long time, seems like. It really does, man. Maybe one day we'll figure out where I was. Who knows, man? Like I said in the podcast previously, they they had him squirreled away in a bunker somewhere. We don't know, but maybe we'll hear the story one day, so... But tonight we have him back. So, Hollywood, take it away, man. What do you want to talk about tonight? I don't know, dude. Let's just do a late night game chat. So, what I like to do sometimes is get on here and just have a little bit of a rap going about uh, the video game news. You're always on top of that. And some of the stuff I just want to vent about, maybe like with Triangle Strategies, a game that's been hot lately. And it's been on my Switch every time I turn it on. And pretty much every time I turn on gaming, I've been playing it. I love it, but I got some gripes about it. I got some great things to say about it. And uh, we can talk about that. We can talk about PlayStation Files. We can talk about Xbox. I don't care, man. I just like to to talk. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, for one, it's been a while since just you and I have actually had a conversation, even over the phone. You know, we've texted back and forth and whatnot, but we just haven't had the time. I mean, I understand family life and work life has caught up with you. I mean, it's definitely caught up with me and especially with basically the past, well, not the past six weeks, but basically all of February and the last two weeks of January, COVID ran through my house, then flu, and then a secondary infection. We were basically all down sick, and so just nothing happened during that time. It was bad and rough. Yeah, let me see here, man. When was the last time uh, we did we did Link? That came out the end of February, Venture of Link. Mm-hmm. We recorded that one at the beginning of February. Yep. I think we, were, we recorded that one before the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble was out on February 3rd. Mm-hmm. So it's been almost two months since we did a podcast, man. Yeah, because uh, Royal Rumble was at the end. That actually happened the end of January, and we did that one literally like the a couple of days after I'd gotten over COVID, and yeah. before my child had gotten the flu. Then he got the flu, and we were just done at that. I mean, it was just it was <laughs> horrible, dude. I've, I've never had that bad of a month before. It's just it, it was killer, but. In some fun and good news, I have acquired more gaming stuff, and I'm going to talk more about my new gaming stuff because I'm really excited about one piece of equipment that I recently got, and Hollywood will probably give me a hard time about it, but I'm a big fan of a specific type of controllers, and I'm going to show Hollywood on, on the screen here. I have the new PS5 Scuff. It's the Reflex Pro. And as you see, nice and pretty. It's got the paddles on the back. Is that for all really, your competitive gaming you do? Really nice. You well, don't even do competitive gaming, though. <clears throat> of course not. But it's not the competitive gaming uh, gaming. That's hilarious. Version. That's a great answer. Oh, it's not, the, okay. Here we go. Because Tell there's actually it. three versions. There's the Reflex, the Reflex Pro, Pro, and then the Reflex FPS. FPS is actually for competitive gaming because okay. most of the time in competitive gaming, you're playing first-person shooters. Right. Other games you can be competitive in, but for the majority of competitive gaming, it's usually first-person shooters. What I like about this one, it just gives me the paddles on the back, of course. Um, it doesn't have the um, the trigger stops like the FPS version does. So it still keeps the um, 
haptic feedback triggers, the adaptive triggers. I really like that of the PS5. The 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 Dual Sense Five controllers are amazing. There's just not many games out there for it, except for the one game that has drawn my attention on it, which is Gran Turismo Seven. It's been a great game. I know there's some controversy in there in, in the news about it, uh, about how they're trying to do some stuff to kind of mess up the way you play, but. For what I've played and the way I play it, I've really enjoyed the game and it's fun. I do hate that it requires you to be online, but that's not a big issue for me where I'm at now. So, but okay, yeah, so, I just, so hold on. Um, we got a lot wrapped. You got a lot <coughs> packed up in there. Oh, yeah. So, what, what is that? So, what was that controller do that? So it's it's a remappable controller to where you can have so your just buttons remappable. on the pa- on the back. Yeah, it's so you can okay. have your buttons on the back, so you don't have to reach or do crawl grip to play games. Okay. So now you can remap your four face buttons. You can remap your directional pad to it. You can remap your you know L one L two R one R two to it. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff. So, so I know the PlayStation Five <coughs> controller is expensive in itself. How much is that scuff version? This scuff right here. It looks awesome, by the way. I see. Oh no, it's a beautiful controller. It's got a great (laughs) feel. It's got a great feel. It's got a great feel to it. It's even got, if you can see it, I don't know if you can really see it that well, Hollywood, but it's got like a honeycomb pattern back there on the grip. Yeah, yeah, see it. And it's rubberized, so it's got a nice grip to it, nice feel to it, and the um, the top part right here, like where it goes down the handle has a real nice feel to it. And then, of course, this piece here that goes around the sticks and whatnot, it's removable, and then I can change out the sticks. And if you look real closely, Hollywood, you can already see oh, I've yeah. switched out the sticks and have the different level sticks. One's higher than the other, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives you that that range of, that better range of movement. I used a scuff a lot when I played Destiny and Destiny yep. 2, especially with those adjust, adjusted sticks. Those adjusted sticks are great. You can pick up the Control Freaks version of them and put them on a regular controller. But I just really liked the look of it and the fact that it keeps the controller as original as possible. You can get add-ons for the controller that do roughly the same thing, but this is the full real deal controller. They're going to run you. They start around $200. Oh, my gosh. So they're not cheap at all. No. (laughs) That's a $200 controller. Holy cow. I absolutely love it. And I had some credit with with them, and that's the only reason I bought it is because I had some credit with them from some of the other controllers I bought with them. Because this is my third scuff, so love scuff controllers, great controllers. A lot of people say they have issues with them. I've never had an issue with any of my scuff controllers. So, so and then you were talking about uh, Grand Theft Auto and and our Grand Turismo, Grand Turismo Seven, and then yeah. um, and it's, when you mentioned that, I remember looking through Facebook and it popped up and it is game by it or something like that that said you know, uh, something like Gran Turismo 7 rated the lowest rating PlayStation 5 game even after the controversy. What is going on? I don't know, have any clue what's going on there. So What's the controversy? So the biggest controversy piece is the have to be online to play. Yeah, standard if you're not, though now. If, but, but this is really bad. If you're not online, the because sometimes when you're not online, you can still play certain parts of the game. And they have this like really crappy mini game that you get to play <laughs> until you get online. And then, of course, the servers were offline for almost 24 hours uh, oh, a week or so ago. It was bad. And there's other things, too, and I don't remember everything. But the main thing was that always online and the way that it pushes you to the really crappy mini game. So if you ever have trouble connecting to the servers, which 
a lot of people did during that downtime, of course. You get stuck playing that and you're like, oh, this sucks. And it does. It's just terrible because it's like three or four boards and you don't really get to pick your car. You just get thrown in a car. So it's 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 bad. You know, but I haven't dealt with that issue and I haven't dealt with, you know, the all being you know always online hasn't been an issue for me. So I still well, think it's, it's just awesome one of those game. things where if you're going to make your game. It just seems to never, we've talked about this before, but how in the world, if you're going to make your game where you have to always be online, you better make sure your servers work. And how do servers, you being a computer guy, how do servers not work all the time at the beginning? Do you not overestimate the amount of server space you need to make your game launch or do they underestimate and go whatever, they'll get over it? I think they just say you'll get over it and most people will. And that's my opinion too. Is your is is the underestimation of how popular a game might be? Because I know that when I am building servers for applications or getting servers built for applications, depending on the load that the server could handle, is depending on the specs that I spec it out with either the RAM, the processor, even the hard drive space, even if it's a multi-server system where you do load balancing which most of these video games have to because of the amount of people that are connect to him and it's just you've got to have that set up correctly otherwise it's going to tank on you and it's going to you're going to have issues and i think a lot of companies just don't think that de- deep into it just because it's like okay well our games have worked before so we can just use the same servers and we'll be fine well when you change a game, you change the size of it, you change any little detail in it that is multiplied by a million. That's a lot. That's a big issue then. So you've got to have that capacity planning. And I don't think that game developers are the best at capacity planning. That's something that me as a <coughs> IT person that works with services that have to be out to people and be up to, up for people 24-7, capacity planning is the first thing we talk about. We don't talk about anything else until we do capacity planning. So it's I like just think you can they're not play focused on that. one game on your server, see how much bandwidth and whatnot is taken up, and then multiply that by you know 10 million or whatever they think. You know, and, and it's just hard to believe these computer guys that can program a game like that don't think that through but I, I think they just you know i don't know they just kind of halfway do it and it's the reason is because everybody forgets about it but nowadays i mean if you got a game like gran turismo 7 i didn't know that but let's just say gran turismo say we go back in time and gran turismo 7 is going to come out friday and it's going to always be online then you know that Friday is not going to be a time you're going to play the game you might as well wait at least you know 72 hours before you're even going to play the game. It's not a release date. It's just so common now mm-hmm. that it's just frustrating and um, fix it. I mean, I don't know how, but I mean, what, but really if you're a video game company and then I'm a video game company, you got Clearfire's video game company. They drop a lot of money and making sure their servers work. And I don't, is it going to impact my game? You know, cause you're going to get bad reviews. I think it will. Reviews will impact that game. You know, at first, if you're on the fence for the first, you know, release date type of thing. And you're not going to play it if uh, it's getting bad reviews, right? Uh, 100% agree. I mean, that's uh, the Gran Turismo 7 is a perfect example of that. I know a lot of people that said they're going to stay away from it because it's at a 2.5. Wow. The game is not a 2.5 at all. What it is is people are just mad that the servers crashed on them or the servers went into maintenance mode for whatever reason. And they weren't allowed to play it because you get locked out. I mean, if you can't get to the server, you can't play the game. I mean, that's... The sad thing is, and the reality of 
technology now, you're looking at the majority of games are going to have to connect to the server and some, uh, connect to the back end server in some form or fashion because of day one patches or it has to have you know your saves go up to the server versus on your actual you know box whichever you have a PS5 Xbox you know console sorry I couldn't couldn't think of console there for a second but it it always goes back there and you have to have that connection there to verify that you are who you say you are playing the game and whatnot so your credentials are quote-unquote safe i use that term very lightly because servers get hacked all the time and they're not that safe but it's just the way they build things like that and it's just you got to think of that you got to think of those servers you got to think of the back end in my opinion first before you start thinking of the game just because that can ruin your game right off the bat, no matter how amazing the game is. And l- let me tell you, they got GT7 right on the look. I mean, it looks beautiful. It plays great. I mean, uh, using the using a PS5 controller with the uh, adaptive triggers for your brake and gas. Oh, my gosh, dude. It just feels so good. You feel like you're actually pushing a pedal. You know, you feel the yeah, resistance. Cool. You feel the jerks. You feel everything in it. I mean, they did a great job. It's just, why didn't you make sure your servers were good? Or why did you not allow some type of leeway on that always online and give the people something a little better for that waiting phase to get online. It's yeah, just maybe you don't make it always things. online at first until you get it doped out, right? Uh, exactly. Or, I mean, you know what's going to happen. It's published by Sony too, and it's and it's, it's you know you can argue it's on par with like a Call of Duty series as Gran Turismo. So everybody's going to get mad at first. Of course, they got awesome reviews from like tech radar and metacritic and all this but the people are just mad and you're still going to pull your you know stuff down if you just look at amazon and it's i don't don't know what it is on amazon but it's probably low i mean like i said i just saw the saw the uh the story i think i clicked it and it was just a picture it didn't have the actual story but it's it's just crazy how that happens i mean and you have the review bombing that people think are just the, the the things it's just so funny that happens to all these games and movies. I mean, it's happening all the time. People are review bombing stuff even before it comes comes out. Um, Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. I finally got to see it because it's out on Amazon Prime. You can actually you know, purchase it through Amazon and watch it. I had to watch it. Fantastic movie. But it doesn't have the reviews to match it. it people review bombed it because they're like, oh, it doesn't live up to the hype. I'm like, well, you fed into the hype i actually for once hollywood you won't believe this i actually for once did not read any spoilers on this movie except for the ones that are thrown in your face like the you know the two other spider-men coming in that was it i didn't read anything else beyond that and it, it was fantastic to me it was great my wife actually sat down and watched it with me shockingly you know she doesn't watch these and she did and she actually said it was good she's like i enjoyed it it's just those kind of things like that. And you have it happening in video games a lot, getting review bombed. I mean, one video game that I've picked up recently was WWE 2K22. It's actually been a pleasant surprise, and it's actually gotten better than most what most people were thinking reviews. I was kind of shocked that it's getting kind of reviewed uplifted, you know, and people are you know, really enjoying the game. Whereas the last one that came out was... Uh, 2k20 and they had the horrible horrible problems with it with like faces getting all jumbled up and looking all kind of (laughs) weird stuff really bad game but 22 is sweet this is sick dude it's i i can't wait to jump into it you know i've 
played it a little bit, but I haven't really jumped into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting. That's one thing I want to get a PS5 for, but like we talked about, you know, he's been, uh, you've been trying to help me out getting a PS5. And, uh, you know, they didn't have them at GameStop. Um, and I was in Georgia all last week, so I didn't do any of the, any of the shopping around or anything, but I got your message. But, um, but yeah, if I see one, I'll probably end up getting it. I did sign up for the Sony thing. I don't know if that's going to ever going to work or not, but to see if they, once they get them directly from Sony, but, um, you know, it'll be fun to play my PlayStation four still screaming every time I turn <laughs> on any game, you know, <laughs> so, but you got to play take f- it apart, pull the cover off and give it a good air cleaning out. And I did all that, f- man. It didn't oh, do anything. <laughs> they don't have any, you know, it's not a speck of dust on it and it's still doing it. But, um, anyway, we got on Fortnite today, me and my son, it's the first time in a while. And they have a thing Sorry, going on. At you on that yeah, yeah. Well, it's a still thing, you know. Fortnite's still there. It's never going. It's like EverQuest or something. And um, and there's no building that for the, like the next two weeks or something. Coastal told me about it, and it's true. There's no building. They're oh, just doing shooting you're... only. So that's like great. And so it makes people go out there, and you can't just build a house if you get shot at. But um, and that's what separated it. Now it's about made Fortnite. But anyway, we played that. And it, it didn't hum too bad, but uh, I'm definitely probably going to end up giving him the PS4 if I ever get a PS5. But uh, man, I've been playing the Nintendo, and it feels good to give some Nintendo some love since we got the, what you got there—a white. Is that the new thing? That's the that's the OLED switch. Oh, it's just a better screen. Yeah, yeah it's a better screen. It's got um, also to the um, dock that comes with it. Uh, the TV dock for it mm-hmm. actually has an Ethernet port in it, and it um, has uh, HDMI 2.1, I think, in it or 2.0. It's a better, you know, it's a better dock, better system altogether. Just a little small incremental upgrade. You mean but, they went back in time to give you an Ethernet port instead of go uh, Wi-Fi like everything else? Yeah, How dare they? You know, isn't know. it funny? Everybody would rather do a hardwire than any. Oh, hardwire! <laughs> yes, God. silly. Like, like I just laughed when everybody was like, "Oh, I'm so get, put all my consoles on Wi-Fi." I'm like, "Go for that." I'm staying on the wire because I promise you, my my ping is going to be half yours at all times. You'll never get a great ping on Wi-Fi, and you don't. It's just yeah. you, you can't. Yep. Um, but the only reason why I got that actually is I found out that my switch, my original switch that I have, is um, one of the switches that you can actually put um custom firmware on and do it without having to do a mod chip all you have to do is have a um they call it a jig that slides down into the rail of your right controller slide it down in there press certain buttons to turn it on and i got this little it's called an rcm loader that plugs up in the into the usb on the bottom and then bam you're into a cut you've got a custom firmware on there and you can do all kinds of stuff wow. i did that so i can play nes game like all NES games, not just the ones that they put on their online service, but NES games, Super Nintendo games, N64 games, all the all of that on here. GameCube, everything. I can play all of that, even Genesis, all that stuff, because I can go now and actually put RetroArch on here, which is a... Let's see, I don't know how I can explain RetroArch real quick. It's a great little system that you can use to play retro games. It gives you all the... Um, roms and the emulators and you can put them all on there so yeah that's what i did and i was like well i want to have one do that and one that actually 
plays Switch games, which I can still play Switch games on my old one. But the problem is, is if you're not extremely careful because it is modding the system and Nintendo likes to have that always connection there, like we just been talking about and it reads back and forth if it sees that you're on custom firmware you'll get what call, what's called a hardware ban and your switch will be locked out from anything nintendo at that point you can still play your games or whatever but you can't do any of the online stuff so if you had like say you got super smash brothers and you got some of the characters but you only got them online you never downloaded them well now you're blocked from them yeah. so you're blocked from that kind of stuff so to be on the safe side, that's why I've got one that's completely unmodded and got one that is modded. So I've got the two separates. But, you know, I'm excited to do that. And it's been pretty neat to have it modded. Yeah, that's cool. I've I just been playing them. I don't ever play them. I took it to Georgia and played it a handful of times. But um, in the screen for uh, I'm playing, playing Triangle Strategy, which we'll talk about. But it just looks, you know, it's not it's not as crisp, obviously, as it is on the TV. But I usually play it on the TV anyway. I don't. I don't care if the Switch is portable. I mean, it's it's great. I do take yeah. advantage of it. But if it wouldn't have been portable, I don't care. I still would have bought it and just enjoyed it just as much. But oh, yeah. um, it's just Nintendo, and uh, I like it. And they got some good games on there. But Triangle Strategy, Square Enix coming back again, and of course SquareSoft with their Final Fantasy Tactics back in like '95. Phenomenal game. Uh, I bought it not knowing it was a tactical game. Was disappointed at the time. And then started uh, uh, talking, about, talking about Final Fantasy Tactics at the time. Well, I was a big Final Fantasy fan. We saw, saw the chocobos running at the beginning of it. You're like, oh, this is going to be so sick. And it's showing the story going on. You're like, okay, when am I going to get to control? Wait a minute. I don't ever get to control walking around a village or anything like that. I just control the battlefield. And I wasn't too thrilled about that. But uh, once I learned how this thing works, I loved it. And I still go back and play it every so often. I vividly remember Hollywood's <laughs> disappointment with this game. Um, yeah. Him complaining to me about it, saying, "Oh, this is horrible!" Like this it's is just, not he was so upset because I mean, it's not the same. It's a, it's a complete left field. Let's go way over here, do something completely different, but still yeah. be in the Final Fantasy world. And they got a Sui Code and Tactics for Final. Is it on? I can't remember if it's on PlayStation Two. I think it's on PlayStation Two. But I got that too. I have never touched it. It may be on. So, yeah, I think it's on page. Whatever. They got that out there, which I love Sui Code, which we hadn't talked about. We got to talk about Sui Code one of these days. But um, yes. they had that, so I, <coughs> but I didn't touch it. But anyway, just all that to say, I love Tactics now. I got Tactics A2 on the uh, DS. I've hadn't really played it. I got the actual Tactics, the Lion Wars or whatever it's called on the PSP. It just runs slower. Yes. It, it goes a little bit slow, it bogs down sometimes, so I don't like to play it. But I did go back relatively, you know, maybe eight years ago or something and really dig into tactics again. So much fun. And so when Triangle Strategy was announced, of course, I wanted to get it. Is it going to be a successor to the, uh, uh, maybe a successor, a successor, whatever you say, uh, to Final Fantasy Tactics? We don't know. And it, it is. It is a great game. Um and uh, it's about three kingdoms that are warring over things. The tactics, they, let's just talk about the gameplay. The gameplay is awesome. The great, they did a really good job with the different types of characters. Every time you get a new character, you're like, oh my gosh, they got such a great ability. I want to integrate this into my team. So one character is always better than the next. You level them up. You do all the stuff. And uh, that's a lot of fun to do that. And it's the, the tactics that you can use are a lot of fun. There's a lot of different things. It's a little bit more... Um, 
a little bit more. We say a lot of more different combos you can do. And I haven't looked at anything online of, you know, how you want to play your game. You got tanks, you got, you know, range, you got magic users and all this. And you can combine them, like putting a flame shield on your tank, have him provoke everybody. And then he's doing extra damage, stuff like that. Um, however, this is a common gripe. If you have looked anything uh, about it. No, I haven't looked into it. Basically, the only so, thing I remember from it is when we discussed it from the um, Nintendo yeah. Direct, the, you know, yeah. and it was looked fantastic there. I was excited it about it, but then just totally it went to the back of my mind. Didn't think about it. It's until, like Octopath Traveler meets um, Tactics, and, no, and that's, it, that's exactly what it is. The graphics are Octopath Traveler, and the graphics are great. The characters are good. The first, the, sto- the voice acting was a little like, man, they saved some money on this. But you get used to it. <laughs> but um, just put it this way, man. I played about the first, hmm, maybe three to five hours. I don't know. And I had like three battles. The Ooh. rest is story. And dude, it is story heavy. I mean, like Metal Gear Solid story heavy. Where you uh. might as well, and they have a button you can push to let, just let it play. And you just got to push it and let it play. And you just watch the scene. And dude, I mean, it, you finish a battle, a story battle. You can go to your encampment, which is just like your pause menu, but you can level up and fight. You, they got little challenges in there, and you can keep playing those over and over. That's how you level up and kind of grind. You make money, and you make mm-hmm. you got to find little items and material to, to upgrade your guys. But as soon as you start this, and there's side stories, there's character stories, there's oh. uh, multiple main stories, and you're just like, oh my gosh. It's, and it's not, I mean, it's good, but it's not so interesting. I can't wait to see what happens next. You know, like, you're just kind of ready to get through it and then have a really good designed battle. The, the battles are great. I just got to one where you're, uh, this is no spoiler, but there's a mine that you're in and you can maneuver the mine cars up and down the track. So if one of somebody lands on the track and you can, you're in a place where you can hit the mine car, it'll run over the guy it does damage that way. You have to disarm bombs. If you hadn't gotten to this, you're like, what in the world is he talking about the same game? But yes, all of a sudden, you know, you're not just killing the enemy. You have to do these little side quests in the middle of or side, you know, objectives in the middle of the um, battles. And that's Ooh. the one I'm on right now. And I'm like almost 50 hours. I'm about 45, almost 50 hours in. And, and the thing is, man, I probably will not go back and play it again. They do the, uh, in all fairness, the story is meant to be like this. There's, there's different aspects. So you got the actual fighting, the tactics. You got searches. So you go to a town. Um, well, let me, let me, uh, let me back up because you got, you, you're a, a Lord, Lord Wolford of this domain. And, um, you have the scales of conviction. And so you have your seven tokens you give out to your most trusted companions. And every time you have to make a decision, they all go and vote and put their token where they want it to vote. And at the end of it, it kind of sways, you know, it kind of weighs out whatever method they choose. And that's the path you have to take. And it branches mm. out, spiders out. So it's different. It's different story if you went back and played it, if you pin on your choice. But you get the you get the chance to influence. You know, like, you know, if you got uh, three different choices and you have one that you want to do, you can try to influence your friends into doing that. And it depends on how many times you've used them in battle, other conversation things that you've said to them, a whole bunch of things. Like there's a point system that's hidden that I've just read about. But that's how. So it's a, it'll be a different story. You know, I don't know if it always comes to the same conclusion or not, but then there's actually a search part where you kind of walk around. You do actually get control of your character, walk around a town and you find little items hidden around. You talk to people and you learn things that you can use in a conversation. So that's something they added different. 
and that is cool. I like that. I wish they would have just taken about half of the story away, even just half, <laughs> and added that for battles. Because you remember on Final Fantasy Tactics, if you walked up and pretty much every time you went to a new area, you see a little scene, part of the story, and there's going to be a battle there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's so many battles. That was it, fun. Like, it drove me nuts sometimes with the battles because I like story. But I still like battles too, and I like you won't a good like this story. <laughs> this is too much. This is too. It's just too much, man. Yeah. And I don't know anybody. And if you're out there and you're listening and you like that, just let me know. But I mean, you know, a lot of times, I mean, you don't get a video game. For the, the story, like you know, Rev. We talk about Rev uh, six seventeen all the time. He hates story. He will he will skip everything just to go play. He don't care what he's doing. He just wants to play it. I'm not like that. I do like some story. I like to kind of get immersed. But this is. I mean, Metal Gear Solid, I don't like Metal Gear Solids as much because of how much story they have. This is like two or three times more than Metal Gear Solid, dude. Ooh. It's that bad. And, and so see, I'm, I on the ed- I'm on the edge of not liking Metal Gear Solids myself. I mean, although I do enjoy them because of the story, because I like getting immersed. I like hearing all of that. But you can go too far with story. Yeah. So that's my only gripe with it. Other than that, though, man, it's really good. If they do a part two, just kind of tear down some of the story, because they did take a lot of time and kind of planning out how these battles would take place and really making it challenging, but not like crazy. I mean, there's some battles you get into and you can't, and they know this story driven. One thing they did is that if you get into a battle and you lose, you can start the battle over or from your last save, or I think you start the battle over you can start it over. or go back out to the, to your um, encampment and, but you don't lose your experience by doing that. Oh, that's because good. They know that if you really had to die and start this whole story, I mean, you can skip the story, but that's just that you will eventually, if you just didn't do any of the side stuff and just did story, you would eventually have be forced because you'll kill a couple of guys and you'll get experience. But um, you got items and, you know, stuff you equip to make to give you special ability or whatever. So they did good with it, man. I really enjoyed it. I just kind of deal with the story. It's not bad. But there are times where you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to go to the encampment and just grind out for the rest of the night. I'm not going to hear any more story. <laughs> and so, but anyway, man, I like it. I recommend it if you like tactics. It's, it's definitely worth it. Well, so. I, I plan to pick it up eventually, but I've picked up way too many new games recently and kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit because we we've had a lot of new games come out recently. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I'm just kind of sitting on a another massive backlog of games that I haven't played or touched. Like Did I you, always do. I downloaded the updated version for cyberpunk. I haven't played it yet. I haven't done it yet. I've seen pictures of it. It's just more like ray tracing and reflections of the water and how the water reacts and how people react to you. Yeah. Um, it, stuff it's like supposed that. to be really nice on PlayStation five and series X. So yeah, I, I'm sure it is. It I've been meaning to, but like you said, I've been playing Triangle Strategy, and there's too many games. That and uh, Red Dead, I never finished. I was enjoying that, but I don't know, man. I mean, I just hadn't really been into... I've been doing a little bit of WoW, but it's more just like just kind of hanging out. I don't really do anything, but uh, I don't do raids, but, um, you know, I do a couple raids, but I don't know, man. I've just kind of been chilling, enjoying Uh, a lot going on the past like three, four months. Yeah, I mean, I I wish mine was chilling the past, you know, like six weeks through all of February and that last part of January, um, I'd gotten to the point where I'd gotten so bad off sick that basically it was just as soon as I got a free minute, if I wasn't 
you know, able to go to work and I had a free minute, I was just laying down going to sleep because that's all I could do. Literally. I mean, there was no watching shows, catching up shows or anything. It was bad. I've never been that sick ever. And it was it scared me there for a while because I really thought I was going to go to the hospital. But I got lucky. Didn't go. And so now I feel better and hopefully I can start doing more things. That's kind of why we slipped on the podcast some because being sick, having, you know, life happen. Well, I got to tell you, man, I'm happy when I'm on PlayStation or lately PlayStation or Switch. And then, oh, Clearfire just logged on. Clearfire just logged on. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I'm seeing him on all the time. Yeah. And so, um it's fun to it's fun to see your friends jump on there, of course, particularly on Switch because you don't only got like four friends on there or whatever. Yeah, Switch uh, for me, Switch. Um, I, I can't remember which one we mentioned. I think it was in the um, link to the past one. I actually picked up the copy of Dragon Quest One, Two, and Three, and yeah. that's what I've been playing on Switch a lot. Or I've been playing Mario Kart Eight with my son, and we've been playing a lot of Mario Kart Eight because. Still trying to get his dexterity up, trying to get his hand-eye coordination up. And he's getting to the point now where, uh, and, and I know it doesn't sound like a big deal to y'all, but for me it's a big deal for him, especially for him. He's getting to where he's placing, you know, one, two, or three in the 50cc all the time. And so I'm like, all right, there you go. We're getting some control because, you know, he plays it and would stick to the wall or bounce side to side and never get straight. He's finally getting to where he's getting into the course and staying in the actual course and doing well. And so taking him a little bit longer to learn, we have other things there, personal life stuff that hurts that, that you know we're working through with him. But I'm proud he's actually starting to get that and getting better hand-eye coordination. He wants to play it now a lot too. And of course, you know, I did give him his Switch Lite that we had picked up for him. It's the Pokemon... I forget all the Pokemon because this child can tell you every Pokemon in the world and he's only (laughs) watched the shows. It's just crazy how much he's gained of Pokemon. But he thought it was the coolest thing ever when I gave it to him. And he even named the two Pokemon on the back. And I'm like, how do you even know these things, dude? He's like, I just know them. And so it looks like he is becoming a clear fire junior where he plays games and knows things, you know. So (laughs) he definitely, definitely living up to that reputation. But, you know. He's getting better, and I'm starting to get ready to introduce him to some different games. Maybe some Mario. We got Luigi's Mansion 3. I found it on cheap for the Mario Day stuff. And Mm so um, hopefully get him to play that some. He kind of played it a little bit, but he turned it off real quick and jumped back to Mario Kart. So, Well, here's a game he can play coming out. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. Oh, man, I'm way ahead of you on that. That is so (laughs) coming home with me when it comes out. We'll talk about the Cowabunga collection in the future, but this thing's going to be great because I, you know, he doesn't oh, yeah. play a Cowabunga collection. <laughs> we'll all play. Oh, it. Yeah. We'll all play it together. Oh my gosh, yes, so much, so got to play it together. And yeah, I agree. Let's let's not talk about Cowabunga right now and dive into it. Let's give ourselves a whole podcast about it. How about well, that's that? That's going to be good. I mean, that's man. a ton of games on that one. This is so much to talk about and so much nostalgia. Yeah. So for oh, all you listeners out there, going to do a whole podcast for you for the Cowabunga collection. And we'll talk about it before it drops. We'll talk about it after it drops. And we'll talk about it a lot because it's it's some of my favorite games ever. And I've got in my retro game collection. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I've got Turtles 1, 2, and 3 now. I got Turtles in Time now. Where'd you get Turtles in Time? You found it? Yes, I found it. I found found a copy. I bought a copy. And I have Hyperstone Heist. Yeah, <laughs> I got them all back. You didn't you tell know, me where I, you found uh, Turtles in Time. I don't think, or did we talk about no, it? I bought, I bought it. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm saying you didn't. You hadn't told me that you bought her, did, did you? I don't remember. I thought I don't I think so. That. It's one of my newer. Where'd ones. you buy it at? Um, I got lucky and found a copy, and dude, you know, on the internet had opened it up, you know, and had pictures and everything of it, and I bought it and had a really good price on it. I based it off of um, price charting and looked at uh, eBay sales and everything before I said yes to it, and it was about ten dollars lower than what it was, you know, normally oh, selling at so the time. <clears throat> and I, dude. I was so happy to have that. So I got that and had, um, I got, so I got a Hyperstone Heist one, but it has a reprint label on the cart, but the actual chip on the inside is all original. So that's my only downside to that one. But Hyperstone Heist is extremely hard to find and is yeah. expensive, even if you get something like what I got. But I was happy to get it at the price I got because I paid like 45, 50 bucks for it. And I'm like, that's, I had it for, you know, Sega Genesis back in the day, and I'm just so excited to have it back. So, I tell you, man, you told me about this PlayStation Three. I thought the PlayStation Three back in the day only went down to PlayStation Two, but it goes all the way. If you get the right one, it goes all the way back to PlayStation. And those old retro games, I mean, I just need to get one. And if once I do, I mean, that's I can play all the games we're talking about: Tactics, Sui Coding mm-hmm. again. I mean, I got a the, whole list right there that I hadn't even the, touched. It's the AO One model. Yeah, I got to find. He says 300 bucks. I mean, that's like, you know, do yeah, that while I'm waiting for the dang PlayStation 5. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's reasonable to get a PS3 um for those. Um it might not be the prettiest outside condition, but it works, it plays, and dude, being able to stick the actual physical media of your PlayStation 1, 2 or 3 games in there and play it, that's just oh. That's yeah. a dream right there. A lot of good retro stuff out there, man, to play. And it's good yeah. that they're making a... It's just a great thing with something like we don't want strong strangle, triangle strategy. You know, <laughs> and it has that retro feel to it. And that's probably... And it's one other appeal to it. It's like you're playing a great... I mean, it uh, flashback. And you got Stardew Valley that the guy even yeah. said he made the characters based on uh, 16-bit RPGs, which obviously the main character mine looks just like Chrono and Chrono Trigger. It's obviously copied that. And the music, you get some of it, I can tell, is from Secret of Mana. There's other little stuff that took inspiration from, and they just made it better. It's a great game. But anyway, those are a lot of fun to just play on that nostalgia, but also be a new game where it's not just pure nostalgia, but it just kind of sprinkles that in. It has a little bit of flavor. So it's kinda, It kind of reminds me of like with um, on earlier podcasts, we were talking about Hollow Knight. Um, yeah. Hollow Knight's got that whole reminiscent feel because it's that whole Metrovania style game. Dead Cells is another prime example that Nick has talked about a lot and keeps on telling me I need to buy. So I, I guess I'm going to have to go buy this game and play Dead, Dead Cells. Cells you have to, you know, Dead Cells, you're going to have to invest some time in because at first you're probably going to get your, you know, when I first played it, I was like, it's fun, but, um, you know, I don't know, but you have to kind of invest some time to get good at it because then once you complete the world you get to add on things and then it starts to become this really fun uh challenge it's a lot of fun hollow knight man that kind of game kind of creeped me out a little bit man to be honest with you it's just kind of weird creepy the characters on it and i don't even remember the story but like you're actually in hell or something i don't remember you're in some weird place roaming around but um i enjoyed it but ender lilies is what uh Anthony turned me on to, and I, I haven't turned it back on. I was really enjoying it, though, um, yeah, getting into yeah, that. Yeah, I, was, I watched y'all talk about that a little bit and mention that um, in our Discord. I think that was where mm-hmm. you mentioned it. Yeah. And I need to play it because it just seems interesting. It's and a good Metroidvania, so. so. 
Well, well speaking, dude. Since, well, you brought up a good thing since you since we're you know you brought up Anthony. I actually spoke okay. to Anthony today, and I just I just want to point this out. Um, Anthony's actually going to help me out now that I w- one feel better, and two, you know, we were talking about uh, virtual tabletops not too long ago on the podcast with uh, Nick, uh, Gamer Dad Chronicles one and two. We're going to start working together on putting together some games in a virtual tabletop with Foundry Virtual Tabletop. That's the one that I purchased, you know, a while back and haven't been able to do anything just because of being sick and whatnot. But we're going to actually going to get together and start building some worlds and building some games. And we're going to start with HeroQuest and start building that inside of there so we can all play it together and actually have a possible stream of plus playing games together again. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Heroes Quest will be so much fun. And that's mm-hmm. just all the other ones you can just, you know, that was, are untouched. That'd be fun yeah. too. Just board games are, I love board games, man. It's more, it's fun when you have a group of people that actually try to win, not just, oh, we're mm-hmm. going to sit around and you're just going to enjoy being together. Yeah, I mean, that's too, but it's fun when you're competitive in these things and you really yeah. try to develop strategies and stuff. I love it. The board games are so much fun. Well, something I, that me and Nick are going to try to pull you into which if i don't know hollywood if you've listened to all of the gamer dad chronicles part two i listened um, to half about half of it i think okay so you hadn't got to this part yet when we get when you get to the end <laughs> <coughs> we want to pull you into some D style games with virtual tabletop using those and the minis there because we i think you will actually really enjoy it because it is in the same vein of the RPGs that we play. It gives you that ability to think outside the box because you're not constrained to like the video game and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, you do have levels, you do grow and whatnot, but you have more freedom. And I'd like to see how that goes. We might not. I would try it, dude. To be honest it, with you, I think it'd be fun. And I'll be honest with you. The only reason I would so here's my whole thing with D and D. When I went, I wanted to play D and D so bad, and I had a girlfriend, and they had D and D parties. So let's go over there. And I went over there and they're doing D&D. And I was like, what are they doing? Are they doing D&D yet? We're going to start. And they're like, oh, they're doing it right now. I'm like, what? You're just sitting here talking about what you're doing? And um, and so I was like, oh, I don't like D&D. It's not that fun, right? Uh, I didn't give it a chance. And then we did a Heroes Quest with you, Clear. Me and uh, You've heard me say this, me and uh, War Chief Gaddy. And you were doing the the DM, the Dungeon Master stuff, and it was awesome. So because you're the, if you know, because you are somebody that you approve of being the DM, I'll be like, okay, this is a whole different experience now. And I didn't like not, not knock on their the game I was talking about before the guys that I thought they were taking. I didn't even get into their game. I'm sure they had good DMs too. Not to knock them, but um, you know, that was a that's a different thing. I could see how that could be easily a good time. It's. It's hard to just jump in sometimes, depending on what type of campaign somebody's running, depending on what's going on, because if you don't have any basis of the game, any kind of just some construct, which what HeroQuest is really great at is giving you that base construct and you playing around it, because I know many times with me and Hollywood, we got finished with all the campaigns. We're like, well what can we do now? And I was like, Hey, give me a second. And I would lay out some stuff on the table and I was like, all right, roll your dice. See where you go. And he's like, huh? It's like, just roll your dice. And when he makes his first step, I start narrating stuff and telling him, this is what you see. This is what's going on. And basically giving him range of vision as well. And start telling him, you can only see this far. This is what you see ahead of you. Now, what do you do next? You know, playing it like that. And it grew like that. And that's Hollywood's experience of, quote unquote D&D because that was a D&D light kind of thing 
he didn't have to deal with a different type of die because the one thing that you do have to get adjusted to is the different types of die because you go from three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten to twelve. You know, you got all different sizes uh, sided dies that do different things. You know, one d six of damage to two d six of damage, d eights and whatnot, and it gets complicated. But that's what Foundry's good at. It takes some of that complication out for you. But I'm excited that he, he he's going to try it because this will be fun. I played a lot of D&D um, when I used to come home, especially from when we were at Jones, when you come home because we didn't stay up there on the weekends uh, very much. I came home and I'd go to my other buddy I grew up with <clears throat> and he was living here in Jackson and we played D&D. We'd start Saturday night at about 12 midnight because all of our buddies and especially my DM, I'll shout out to him again, Joey Sherrill worked until midnight he'd get off and come in throw the books down and start let's go guys and we'd play until eight sunday morning every time we played Sad. that long all the time it's so much fun i loved it so many great adventures so many great characters we created and it's just depending on your dm it's just you can have so much fun with those yeah man it was cool because we tried to we tried to just we were like I said we were playing Heroes Quest. Then we tried to like we me and, we took turns like I was the the you know DM or whatever. It's hard to make that story. And then then ALP tried to do it. And then like you know when you did it, it was like a whole different experience. I just remember me and ALP going, "Oh, you found that? Oh, you know." And it's just a fun mm -hmm. thing. And then we made you do it like three more times. I think <laughs> like sorry man, you can't play anymore. You got to be the DM. And that's uh, fine. But, uh, I I like that. And then, too, I've found, so, I've found so many resources because if anybody's been keeping up with games in, out there, Hero Quest actually has been re-released. They have a brand new set that's come out. They have the two expansion or two of the expansions that from the original set because Hollywood, what we didn't know about, there were like several expansions to Hero Quest back in the day. They had two, two are re-released now. It was... Um, Killer's Keep and something. I can't remember the other one. And then they've got, um, I think, three more that they were they had on top of that. They're all planning to re-release those and actually build more stuff. There is actually a large community of people that have been building um, custom characters, cards, and things like that. So, I mean, I have a lot of resources yeah. now to make it m a lot bigger than what it used to be. So, I'm really excited so about that kind of stuff. So, how do we do this? Is it be on Discord or is it on some whole different... We could do it on Website Discord. We could do it on anything. I mean, it's it's. I mean, so, you, am I going to see a board on the yeah, screen? Yeah, you'll see a board. Oh my gosh! That's be yeah, awesome. you'll see a board, oh, but dude, you'll only see what you're allowed to see. That's what's cool yeah. about it because you'll only see your vision. Well, that's what it's be supposed a vision to be. Circle. Oh man, let's do it. And That'll so you'll have so dice that you can roll because you just that's press a button and rolls dice everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new war zone. We get Coach RX in here. That'll be It'll fun, be fun. Man. I mean, yeah, Coach. Look, I wish Coach, I wish would have known Coach did D and D back in the day because I would have loved to play that with him. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, it'd be fun, man. Definitely get that going. Oh yeah. So shout out to Anthony. Anthony, thanks for stepping up again. Um, we'll get to work on that soon. All right, man. Well, you want to call it? Yeah, let's call it, man. I don't. I don't want to dig too much into any of the things you got me itching no, to talk it's about. Fun. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Calabunga Collection. I wanted I'm to talk about it now. Like I got okay, so I got. We started talking about it, and it's like, hey, let's not do this, man. No, no, let's, let's do. Not it. Do we it. got. We can get. This will be a whole. <coughs> we're not going to be able to do this in twenty minutes. This is going to be a full thing. No, no. 
Oh, it's going to be so, a long thing. So yeah. be on the lookout that, for that, guys. It'll probably come uh, mid to first part of April. So. so, well, cool, man. Let's call this good, dude. We appreciate you guys listening. And uh, always fun to get back into the saddle and talk about some games. It's a nice, relaxing thing. Hope you guys are relaxed and having a good time listening. I just got to say, dude, I've missed you. I'm glad that we're finally getting to chat again. And yeah, man, I was looking forward to it. Man, it's fun. It's been fun. Let's not make those gaps that long again. I know it wasn't that long, but it just feels yeah, like forever because we does. usually talk about almost every other day. Uh, yeah. So, well, cool. All right. Later, guys. Take care, everybody. Bye.